Movies by Minutes. Project number five. It's Silverado this time. That's no jive. By Lawrence Kasdan. Who wrote the show. Let's settle up now, kids. Cause here we go. Howdy, and welcome back to another episode of the Silverado Minute Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1985 Lawrence Kasdan-directed Western Silverado, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm one of your hosts, Travis. And I'm Patrick. We are from the podcast Real Comic Heroes. And this is Minute 98, which starts with us finding out Stella won't be getting her groove back and ends with Peyton asking Stella, You sure? Yeah, this is a wild minute. <laughs> it's uh, times like this in <laughs> yeah. which I had uh, like a, some kind of attention deficit disorder because it's all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We go from we have three uh, kind of separate scenes here in in this minute, but we start off with uh, the kind of the end of the conversation between Cobb and Payton. Cobb explains that Stella might get hurt if uh, if Payton keeps this up. So. Yeah, and uh, apparently I I just got the whole last minute wrong, and he's just trying to look out for Payton. Right? Time, yeah. So yeah. he but, just has his best interests yeah. in mind. Yeah. So that was that was on me. I I, I read this last minute <laughs> right. wrong. I believe him. Yeah, yeah. Cobb's really the good guy. Yeah. Yeah. Heck of a swing. I didn't know. That. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Cobb says something about uh, telling Payton, uh, you know, don't change your luck, and. Um, <laughs> You know, luck has been a a repeating concept for for Payton throughout this movie. You know, at, at the start of the movie, when and he f- initially runs into Cobb in some other town, right after he gets his horse back and he kind of gets on his feet, uh, Cobb loans him thirteen dollars. You know, and he says, "Yeah, you'll you'll pay me back some someday." You know, and then he rides off, and presumably he heads to Silverado, where he is the sheriff. And then slowly, uh, Payton makes his way across the country and ends up in Silverado as well. But when he gets that loan of thirteen dollars, uh, Payton says, "You know, thirteen. It's an unlucky number." And there's been a few other instances in the movie where Payton mentions luck. Um, Stella asks him, "You know, what brings you to the to Silverado or or to her saloon?" And he says, "Just luck, I guess." And then uh, there's a few more instances of it throughout the movie, but I can't tell if if Payton like believes in luck or is just kind of being sarcastic about it. I, I'm not really sure. Yeah, I, I'm I'm guessing it's a dig. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't believe him when he says uh, anything nice. Yeah, so <laughs> I yeah. assume it's just a smarmy exchange that's meant to put him in his place, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's still telling him just, just he's reiterating the whole, you know, just keep your head down and stay out of my way. But, uh, there is a, um, a little script difference here as that, uh, in the movie here, it transitions from, from these two guys to a fire, uh, burning in a, in a cave. Um, in the script, it says there's one more line from Cobb. He says, uh, "Get some sleep, get some sleep, Payton. Things will look better tomorrow." So, <laughs> not nothing, you know, okay. majorly different, but yeah, um, no real reason to keep that in there either. Um, but then it says, 
Hayden watches as Cobb walks over to Stella. Cobb takes a handkerchief from his pocket and squats before Stella. He starts to wipe her forehead solicitously, but then she takes the handkerchief from his hand. Cobb looks back at Payden as he rises and moves off. Payden turns and looks into the leaping flames. Our eyes can barely discern the change as these flames dissolve into the other, uh, the fire now mm. in the cave. So gotcha. <clears throat> just a little transition moment, but I kind of like the idea that Cobb went over to Stella and, and we don't know what he says to her or... yeah. Well, I mean, I guess they took that out, so it makes sense, because later on in this minute, it seems like she's trying to piece together what Cobb has on. Right. uh, Yeah. Payton, so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we Uh, just get to... I do like the idea, however... Go ahead. I was just saying, we can't... We still haven't gotten away from the fire. (laughs) We got the house fire, the cave fire, and then the fire in the bar, the fireplace. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Fires galore. I kind of like the the idea of the of using that yeah. transition to dissolve from one scene to the next. I, I kind of wish they'd kept that. Yeah. Yeah. So we do end up um, <clears throat> in this scene. This the scene switches to the cave where this cave is where Malcolm or not Malcolm, where Mal Johnson, Danny Glover, mm-hmm. had been hiding because, uh, like I said, his family's land had been stolen. Uh, his father got murdered, so Mal was kind of hiding. He's not at this point. He's not like in trouble with the law. He's just just trying to keep a low profile. Yeah, I got the hideout vibe. So <laughs> yeah, um, and at this point, Emmett, who Scott Glenn here is the guy that is in a bad way here in the cave. He was trying to help these uh, this group of settlers that they helped bring into Silverado. And they're being harassed by the McKendricks and, and really everybody. Um, he ended up killing some of the McKendrick people, and he had history with the McKendricks. He killed the father of the family, I think, over some, some dispute. But it was a legitimate, like, you know, he did, he served time for it, you know, but but that's essentially, that's part of the the big reason why he has a problem with this family. And um, so he was out um, practicing, just, just practicing his aim with this rifle. And so he's, he's shooting this, uh, trying to shoot this can or a, a cactus with his rifle and he can't really do it. So then he switches to his gun. He's more uh, adept with uh, the revolvers and he's like knocking this can, you know, he hits it every single time. And, as soon as he is out of ammo, a guy jumps out from behind the rock and is like, hey, you're out. And then that's when they grab him. They beat him up. They tie him up and they have their horses like run over him. So he's been trampled by a horse and just, you know, really, really roughed up. And that's when uh, Mal uh, kind of showed up and uh, saved Emmett and shot uh, Deputy Garth in the hand. And then he brings him here to this cave. So, so that's kind of gotcha. what sets us up and in, into this, this, uh, location. Um, Mal had left him in the cave to go. What was Mal doing? I forget. He was looking for, you know, basically trying to get help told, told Emmett here, you know, you're, you're still too weak. You're not ready to, you know, you need to heal. So it's a weird snippet is, out is, of context. Like it's just sure. a random guy. That's obviously got a head wound and a 
mm-hmm. sweaty bandage that just falls over. I like the fall. Yeah. He hit his hip on the table <laughs> and went to the ground. It was it wasn't pretty a good. Yeah, fall. yeah. Definitely did some damage. Yeah. The music is really eerie. The music is yeah. by uh, Bruce Bra- Bruce uh, Broughton, and it's just it's really sinister almost. It's uh, you can tell by the music this is not going to be a successful attempt at uh standing up oh, and like yeah. getting your feet under you you know <laughs> but uh yeah it's a pretty short scene and yeah. um um but we do have you know scott glenn here playing uh emmett and uh my notes say scott glenn is not one of the Carradines, and he's also not lance henrickson so that's just one of those things i have to remind myself of you know every time i see one of them so gotcha i have that uh they're just one of those like those you know scott glenn keith keith and david carradine and lance henrickson are all just the same guy to me yeah i'd, I'd do that with paxton pullman the bills so sure. there's always like a group of yeah. actors you get confused together yeah there is a bit more of a script difference between the transition from uh, this cave until the bar, the saloon that we okay. uh, meet Stella and uh, Payton back up with. It says, middle of the night, all is quiet, no one on the street. Ray watches from the shadows across the street as Deputy Fox leaves the jail and moves away. Ray goes toward the jail. And then it cuts into the into the saloon. It says, the place is nearly deserted. Payton sits alone at a table, killing a bottle of the good stuff. Stella watches him pour another drink, and Stella says, Can't you drink any faster? We need the bottles. So Weird. <laughs> it's a little reference earlier. They had been like closing up the bar and in the back room uh, refilling empty bottles with, with new uh, bourbon or whatever this is. So just a call back to the fact that they, they reuse these bottles. I, I oh, know. yeah. Yeah, I like this uh, this big empty saloon where we... we find Stella and Payton. I, I, I don't know. It was a weird shot. I got distracted by the bartender and then that okay. weird extra in the foreground that just kept fidgeting with his cards. Like, <laughs> I like it because I think it establishes that this is like late night. You know, this is our early morning. You know, everyone because the bar, the, the saloon was full, was just hopping until someone came in and said, Hey, the, the land office is, is on fire. Everyone leaves. And yeah, that's what I thought it was. It was just, everyone's outside still. So, okay. Yeah. I, I figure this is just like two or three in the morning. Like everyone's just tired, but you still have those couple people just hanging out and. I enjoy yeah, the I bartender, um, uh, I guess sleeve garters. Yeah, they always yeah, wear the list. I've always liked that. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, it's just a cool look. Yeah, gotta keep those sleeves out of the way. Right. I love a saloon set. You know, it's just. I don't know if they were really like this, all big and wide yeah, open. That was very ornate, like this, but it's, too. it always seems yeah. to be. It, it, I like the the idea that a fight could break out at any moment, so that they. I think that that's why they always made saloons look like this in in movies. Is you need. F- room for a brawl to to happen and the chairs need to be very spindly and and easy to break (laughs) well you know it wasn't like uh the greatest craftsmanship on the chairs probably they spent all their time on the ornate uh, bar and 
mm-hmm. various carvings throughout the, the wall, the paintings and, and the various. Oh, uh, it was insane. There's no way that <laughs> I, I just don't see that being realistic to the time. <laughs> like you wouldn't yeah. have it look that nice. Right. Because it's going to get destroyed in every <laughs> yeah. sh- brawl they have. I don't know. But yeah, I, I do enjoy the look of it. Yeah. Yeah, it just feels classic. You know, it feels like an old John Wayne setup or it feels like, I mean, even like we were talking about yesterday with uh, Back to the Future, like their saloon looks like this too, you know. Yeah. Uh, this one might have more artwork and things like on the wall, but it, it still has that wide open. I don't know. It, it, <laughs> it struck me as like being way too nice considering mm-hmm. the building I just saw burn looked like somebody used popsicle sticks to build it. <laughs> in comparison like yeah i can't get a sense in this movie if silverado is a nice place or if it's meant to be a rough town you know because it 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 almost has there's like a silver mine involved with it or something i don't know i guess maybe out on the outskirts of town or you know like there might be a silver aspect to you know silver mining might be a factor here but get into it no no it's just (laughs) a town called silverado gotcha but i don't yeah i don't know if it's if this is a good place or if, if by the end of the movie, when all the bad guys are, you know, dealt with, I don't know if then it becomes a nice place, you know, I, I can't yeah. really tell. There's, it's not enough to really show like that. This is a place that's always, people are always getting killed or, you know, but they seem to make it out. Like this is actually a, a decent place, but. Yeah, he does. Cobb or in the earlier minutes mentioned something about, can't imagine this going on in his town or something like that so maybe it's usually not as crazy as it is right now yeah i i I get the sense i mean obviously we know that Cobb is fairly corrupt you know more morally and and, you know like he abuses his power he i think is is letting the mckendrick family get away with a lot more and they seem to be pretty wealthy so it's i think the town is doing fairly well as long as that family is allowed to kind of do what they want, you know? Yeah. But I don't know. Okay. So Stella and Peyton, you know, they're sitting together. Um, and she says, she's kind of asking like, what, what can't she, what is it that I can't figure? Is what she says and mentions that Cobb's got something on you and it must be pretty good. So she's figuring out that, you know, the, why would he I guess back down. Why would Payton back down from, yeah, you know, standing in in Cobb's way? Um, you know, so she realizes that Cobb is is making him uh, back down, and wondering what it is that that Cobb has uh, over over Payton. And honestly, the first time I watched this, I thought that they, I thought that there was something uh, from their past that Cobb had on Payton, like, oh, oh, you know, you know, you killed someone and and I know it or something like that. And then as I was watching it this minute, you know, it it finally dawned on me like, oh, yeah, obviously the thing that Cobb has on Payton is Stella's life, you know, or Stella's like livelihood, you know. Yeah. And it sounds like, you know, normally he'd be, you know, getting involved in whatever's going on right now. And she's suspicious as to why. He's been so quiet and staying away from everything that's been happening. Which, yeah, 
if uh, you know they've got some history apparently that she knows him well enough that know that something's that right. Well, that's the 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 Stella and Payton relationship is is kind of odd because Payton just strolls into town. You know, he goes to the saloon. He likes a good saloon, like it's his favorite favorite place to be. And so he meets Stella and they like, they just hit it off and are like instant friends. Um, <laughs> and I don't know if it's just the, they're just the same kind of person or, or what it is, but they just really enjoy each other instantly. And it, it, there's nothing, it's definitely a friendship. It doesn't seem to be romantic either way. They I don't think either of them have eyes for the other one. So it's not that, but it is truly just a, a instant friendship that comes about. And I guess movies need to need to move fast, so mm-hmm. we don't have time to see their friendship. Like solid enough to be a threat to him. Or... Yeah, yeah. It, it's just it all moves so fast, but I okay. guess we just have to accept that and go on. But and we do have uh, you know in this minute we've got Linda Hunt playing Stella. Is another person that like I've I've seen a bunch, but I've probably never, I can't think of much that I've definitely definitively seen her in. Um, I saw that she is in kindergarten cop, which I definitely saw a bunch as a kid. So I know I would have seen her there. I just, that doesn't like spark a memory when I, you know, see her. I think she was the principal of the school. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I think, uh, isn't she in like one of those, CSI type shows. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I've never seen her in one of those, but yeah, I know she's had a long, pretty long running career or, yeah, you know, those are like two things I really remember. her. Yeah. From. Apparently she won an Oscar in the maybe early eighties, um, for best supporting actress in a movie called, um, a year of living dangerously alongside, uh, Mel Gibson. And huh. it was, I guess it was the first time uh, someone had uh, won an Oscar for playing someone of the opposite sex. So she played um, this uh, Chinese Australian man with uh, dwarfism, <laughs> you know. But she played it as a as a man, you know. And unfortunately, I think there was a little you know use of prosthetics to make her eyes look a little more Chinese, you know, that sort of thing. So that's mm. that hasn't aged well, apparently. Um, but yeah, uh, she played this, this guy. Um, okay. And yeah, that's a bit of movie history. <laughs> yeah. A little trivia. Okay. That's probably already come up in, in other minutes throughout yeah. this, this, uh, project, but yeah, I, th- I thought it was interesting. But, Very uh, complicated. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like the silence in this minute. Um, there'll be a little bit more, I was say, hold you know, on. Next time, but I like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, but I did like the the transition from the cave scene where Emmett falls over. There's like a mm-hmm. really nice long echo of him falling, and then it transitions to this saloon, and then it's just more silence. It's like it's yeah. like everybody in the bar is just trying to be quiet for for these two, you know. All three of them. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Don't think I really have anything else on this minute, unless you yeah, do. It kind of flies all over the place. So it's you don't really get a whole lot other than, you know, Stella being suspicious about what's going on. Right. Because he, he, uh, Peyton doesn't say a whole heck of a lot, really. No, no. 
But uh, if you like the silences in this minute, wait until the next minute. <laughs> I think that's half a great the segue minute. into. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So come back for more silence tomorrow on the Silverado Minute podcast, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, or Google Play, or at the main site SilveradoMinute.com. You can find the Facebook group, The Midnight Star, the Silverado Minute Listener's Saloon. And we're on Twitter at SilveradoMXM. Until then, you can join us here next time on the Silverado Minute. Yeehaw!